Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Daniel Bauer. Better Leaders, Better Schools is a weekly show for ruckus makers. What is a ruckus maker? A leader who has found freedom from the status quo. A leader who makes change happen. A leader who never, ever gives up. Professional development can often bore you to tears. As my guest said today, he couldn't drink enough coffee to get through many of the professional developments even his own school would offer. Something had to change. How about you, Ruckus Maker? What's the quality of your professional development? In today's show, we dig in to creating powerful professional learning experiences for our staff. Chris Legladder is my guest. He's figured it out, and he's going to share his secrets with you today. So, Ruckus Maker, thanks for being here. And before we jump into the episode, let's take just a little bit of time to thank our show sponsors. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder, which increases student active engagement and participation and reduces classroom management issues. Learn more at OrganizeBinder.com. Isolation is the number one enemy of excellence, and isolation is also a choice. There's a better way. In fact, here's what Michelle, a school leader in Maryland, has to say about the mastermind. The best part of the mastermind is a supportive community. School leadership can be isolating, but knowing I have a team of other school leaders with whom to share ideas, struggles, and wins gives me the courage and resolve to do what's best for my school community. Get connected and level up your leadership by applying to the mastermind today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. Thank you again, Dr. Kelly Crane, expert coach at BLBS for joining me and sharing a tip of the week with the ruckus maker listening. Danny, today's tip is run toward conflict. I know that sounds odd, but (laughs) conflict handled well can lead to greater intimacy and trust. So if you avoid conflict, why do you avoid it? That may be the reason to really start some inner conversations about why you avoid conflict. If you're not the type of leader that wants to run towards conflict, you need to really dissect that and figure out why. Conflict is healthy. And it does show that you care about the people involved and the content of the discussion or the situation. And unresolved conflict is a culture killer. Mm. And if your school is stagnant, that could be the main culprit. So if you shy away from conflict, reevaluate that and run towards conflict. Despite how uncomfortable I might be running toward conflict, that last point is so amazing that It's one of those things you should measure what's going to feel worse, the uncomfortable in the moment and then getting it over or the culture killer, the toxicity that you allow to breed or whatever that is, that cultural and organizational unhealth. So run toward it. It's not going to feel great. But like you said, Kelly, it definitely builds trust and it builds your credibility as a leader. Chris Leglider is a middle school principal with 23 years of experience in education, 12 being an administrator. Chris has a lead learner focus on helping others to collectively grow and learn from each other. 
He serves his school community by building relationships, being student-centered, and modeling the way. Chris, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Danny. Uh, just really excited to be here and share my experiences with everyone as we uh, continue to grow and create great experiences for kids and staff. Yeah. And uh, it's a special day. You know, it's a, it's a big, big holiday, big event. I'm not sure if you celebrate it or not, but if you do, uh, and definitely if the ruckus maker listening does, Merry Christmas. Well, thank you. It is a very important day for our family, but you know, it's one of those things where I feel like um, it's in terms of balancing time. I wanted to make sure I put some time in to, to share these insights with everybody and hope everybody has a great day as well. Awesome. Well, let's start the podcast with a bang. And I like how you do professional development a bit differently and challenge the status quo. You were telling me that you had a PD on inclusivity, brought in you know eight parents to talk about the uniqueness of their family life. So unpack what that was for you in your school. Sure. Uh, and I think when I, when I think about professional learning or professional development, I remember the days when I first started teaching where I would sit through um, day-long sit-and-get lecture and it was really, I couldn't drink enough coffee to stay awake. And I never felt like I had uh, tools that were given to me that I could put in use in my classroom that made me a better teacher. Or when those times were effective, it was not um, consistent. It was few and far between. So now that I'm a building leader, my goal is how do I help our staff, our school community, and our kids get better? And I think we do that by creating very authentic experiences, by uh, increasing our perspectives of the entire student, not just the academic. And we started th- this past year with really making our PD much more engaging, much more empowering our staff, much like we want them to do with our kids. So I tried to model for our staff what we want within our classrooms. So one of the sessions we did, our professional learning sessions, was on inclusivity. So that involved our parents and our guardians. So I sent out a message to our parent and guardians and said, one of our school goals was building a inclusive school community where we as the educators can develop greater empathy for their families, their challenges they're facing and how we as school leaders and school teachers can support them, not only their student, but their families. And so we invited any parent that wanted to come in and share their story with us. And we sent out a Google form and through that Google form, the, the parents responded, and I reached out to them and kind of set up the format, uh, the rotation, so to speak, that we would use with our staff. And so on that day, uh, we basically had eight different parents come in, and their uniqueness ranged from things where some parents were struggling financially. And so they wanted to share how that made them feel within a school community that, uh, for the most part, have the financial means, but how does that make them feel when they struggle financially? And we had other families that discussed their religion, other families that discussed uh, race and ethnicity, and other families that discussed how it felt moving in from out of the country or out of state into our local communities. And so we had basically three groups of parents. We put two parents together in, in a group, and we gave them about four or five guiding questions. And we just had them share with our teachers and our staff what they felt like for their family, the experience that our school was providing, how they felt their uniqueness as a family was uh, a hurdle or an obstacle for their children. And then we asked them what suggestions they could give us on how we could help them, not only their their child, but their family 
uh, feel like they're more a part of our school and how could we help them just as a family in our community. And then after each group, we just rotated our teachers from each group of parent to the next. And it took about an hour, hour and 20 minutes for the entire session. But our staff at the year-end survey that I did with my staff about all the year-long professional learning, they really highlighted that inclusivity parent panel as an important part because it really allowed our teachers to understand how, yes, the academics are important, but so important is connecting with her kids and understanding the whole child. And sometimes we forget there's a whole other part of their day when they're at home when they're not with us that really impacts them. So it allowed us to really spend the rest of that year, the April and May timeframe in our school year, really focusing on the whole child even to a greater extent. And that's something now we're going to build upon in this new school year. I'm wondering uh, what it looked like to prepare for that meeting, uh, whether that's, you know, with your uh, leadership team, but also with the parents as well. Yeah, it did take some preparation. And I always think anytime you do quality professional learning, it's important to be intentional. It's important to really be focused on what is the purpose of each activity? What are you trying to achieve? But at the same time, you need to be flexible within that to meet the needs of the participants. So in this example, you know, we I reached out and visited with each parent that wanted to come to our inclusivity panel. And I just had good conversation with them about those guiding questions that they would answer uh, so they would understand what the purpose they would be sharing with our teachers would be. And it really allowed me to greater understand their uh, perspectives and, and it became a more empathetic, I think, for our school about how students really are. It's a true learning community and it created a stronger school as a result of that, but it really allowed me, I think, to deepen those connections with our parents even before they came that day to visit with our with our teachers. It took probably, with our administrative team, probably several hours of just setting it up and really being um, clear about the purpose with our teachers, but then also making sure our parents felt supported along the way. And then the parents that participated, did they need to be prepped in any way or how did you go about selecting the participants because they were representative of a variety of uh, diverse backgrounds and challenges that they may be facing, which is probably why the faculty found such value in what you did. Uh, but I'm, cur- I'm curious if you could explain again how you chose those parent participants and how you got them ready. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I really tried to reach out to our parents and ask for their help in the sense of I wanted them to understand that we as a school were really searching for ways to greater connect with our parent community. And so I made a video, um, is like a two-minute video about the upcoming professional learning as a way to share that purpose of the parent inclusivity panel with them. So I made a video explaining it And through the previous um, activities we had done with our parents, I feel like we have a strong parent engagement. But even then, I know there's times that parents are hesitant to share from their perspectives how they feel and, you know, what their uh, challenges are facing at home. So I think I tried to model that vulnerability with our parents. And through those strong connections that we had, I think it allowed some of them to inquire about, well, I don't know if this is what you're looking for, but... And so we had some great conversations and it, it allowed some parents who maybe were a little hesitant to come forward and say, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to share about that. And so I think it comes back to the relationships we built. It allows us to go deeper and stronger as time goes on. But I think I had to start myself by modeling that vulnerability with our parent community. Absolutely. 
Ruckus Maker, are you listening? So Chris just really shared three big insights that I want to make sure you didn't miss. Modeling. So you go first. And a lot of times, uh, like within the Go community, I'll ask some pretty tough questions or within the mastermind, and I'll go first because I want to set the tone uh, for that conversation and shape it. Second, innovative use of video, right? Video is going to continue to be increasingly popular. Uh, Same with podcasts as well. And different people learn in different ways and connect in different ways. The nice thing about video is if you can not worry about memorizing a script, but just stare into the camera like it's somebody's eyes and tell a story, that's more about human connection. So Chris did that. And did you catch that he said two minutes? Nobody wants to listen to a video that is longer, you know, than five minutes, let's say, unless it's so incredibly good, you know, and yet you got to practice to get there. But on average, if you have like a two to three minute video, you're hitting the sweet spot there. The last piece that you need to catch Ruckus Maker, an invitation to help. So Kristen say like, here's what we're doing. And this is what's going to serve our, our community and blah, blah, blah. And here's where you plug in. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. But it's a beautiful thing when you open the door with an invitation and you say, what would be possible if we did this? Or how can we, right? And you have these open-ended questions and the parents uh, raise their hand. They enrolled and they said, this is, is this what you're looking for? I could share this story. And Chris said, yes, that's it. So pretty cool, Chris. Thank you for unpacking that for us. Not, not a problem. I enjoy sharing that experience. So another thing that you did that was unique and uh, a break from the status quo is you, you brought in an engineering company. I think it was a Forbes Top 100 uh, organization. And they talked about what they need in their employees that they're having trouble finding. So what did that professional development look like and what did you learn? Yes, that's another example of where as a leader, you know, I, I'm striving with our administrative team to model innovative practices. So in other words, sometimes you have to be willing to take the risk. So within our school, our instructional practices as classroom teachers, we're really trying to shift the learning environment to be what we refer to as student-centered. In other words, away from the traditional where teachers are lecturing, it's a you know knowledge base. We're trying to get away from just uh, memorization, but more to where kids are the ones actively working Um, The focus should be on the academic skills of like communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity. But we're doing that through where the kids are empowered and they have choice and voice within their learning. So to do that, we thought the best way we can really help our teachers move forward is to hear from people within the field that are within that work. So we brought in a local engineering company. They are a top Forbes 100 company, and they're a big employer within our metro area. And what they shared with our teachers is that they cannot find enough employees right now that have the growth mindset, willingness to take risks, that understand how to learn. And it's really causing their company to really have to train people differently. And what they strive to find are the people that can come in that are willing to try, that can work well with others, that can be adaptable, but yet are very creative. And when they find those people, those are the ones that are thriving within their field. And so we did that as a way with our teachers to really help our staff understand the importance of 
yes, the work we're doing within our classroom matters because that's what's in the workforce right now are those same skills that we're working within our classroom is what the employers really need. And I think it allowed our teachers to understand how the work that we do with our kids cannot be focused on the current placement, but what are what types of skills the kids will need to survive in a very unpredictable future. And hearing it from the um, engineering company really, I think, hit home with our staff because it allowed them to see we have to prepare our kids for anything. Right. Before we move on, as principal, and I, I know they, I know the staff at the end of the year survey said, you know, these were very powerful professional learning experiences for us. So you, you, you have that data. But what did it look like day to day? You know, what observational data and feedback did you collect that said, you know what, we're onto something, this is working? So whether that's after the parent meeting or after this uh, engineering meeting? Well, it's a great question because what we don't want to do is do what sometimes people might call as one-time offers, you know, where you do a one-time quality professional development and then it sits on a shelf or you don't come back to it. You want something that's embedded within the work of your school and becomes more the norm. So after we do our professional development, the more I see staff, you know, utilizing those practices within their classrooms and it's becoming part of their classroom normal practices, then we know we're on the right track. And so what I was very proud about after we brought out that engineering company is I saw a lot more um, what we refer to as project-based learning type activities or design thinking within our classrooms, where our teachers were giving students uh, within groups different challenges and the kids had to try to be creative and develop different solutions. And in many cases, there was one more than one possible solution. So by being visible in the classrooms is one way I really try to gather the data that says to me, this is working or what do we need to further do to help support that with our staff so our kids have those learning experiences. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that piece. And I think this is a good place to pause and uh, thank our sponsors for a moment, but we'll be back in just a sec. Better Leaders, Better Schools is proudly sponsored by Organized Binder, a program which gives students daily exposure to goal setting, reflective learning, time and task management, study strategies, organizational skills, and more. Organized Binder's color-coded system is implemented by the teacher with the students, helping them create a predictable and dependable classroom routine. Learn more and improve your students' executive functioning and non-cognitive skills at OrganizedBinder.com. Ruckus Maker, I'm here with Chris Leglider, and we're talking about creating powerful professional learning experiences for our staff. And we He's done this uh, through inviting parents in, through inviting uh, an engineering company in. And where I want to follow up now is something that you're planning. Now, you're planning it. We're recording in August, but it is uh, Christmas. So again, Merry Christmas, Ruckus Maker. And I'm sure that this parent ed camp has already happened. But as of now, it hasn't. And so talk to us a bit about the vision for this parent ed camp and, and kind of the why behind doing it. Sure. Um, the parent ed camp really came as a result of that inclusivity panel ed that we talked about because we saw great results with our staff and the parents, not only who were there on that panel, but just in the community, really appreciated having that opportunity to work and partner with our school. So we decided, you know, what, what ways can we kind of embrace that? What ways can we further develop that? 
And as our staff talked about what are the greatest challenges facing our students, some of the most important topics we talked about, it's not the academics, it's what we refer to as a social emotional learning of our kids, where they lack sometimes the ability to handle stress and anxiety, or they lack the confidence to handle certain situations. And so we as a school said, well, let's partner with our parents. And so we sent out to our parents, we made another short video, and we've said this is what we'd like to do in the fall, which is a parent ed camp. And we gave them a list of possible topics, and they, from a Google form, then uh, selected which topics they would most like to be a part of the conversation about. So from that data, then we set up a parent ed camp where basically parents had the opportunity to come and be active participants. And the neat thing about an ed camp is it's all guided by the participants through conversation. It's not a sit and get. Everyone has an active part. And our parents really have six different topics to choose from. And we did two overall sessions. Each session has three topics and they can pick which one they want to go to. And, you know, the right now we're at that point where we're just about a few weeks away from having it. And I think there's going to be a high attendance rate, which we're very excited about. And the most important thing is it really will be driven by our parents and our guardians as they foster those conversations and learn from and with each other. And that is the whole power of an ed camp is learning from each other. And the more that we as a school can partner with our parents together to work for our kids, I think that's what's going to really move the needle as far as an excellence. Hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, I invited you originally to this podcast. Um, we were talking, and I think this was in the winter, probably a year, of, <laughs> a year earlier uh, uh, from when this show released. So the winter of 2018. I remember I was wondering how I can serve school leaders because I have the podcast and that serves leaders for sure. Have the blog, have the mastermind, but not a lot in between. And so you were one of the, you know, hundred generous uh, school leaders that sat down with me and said, here's the challenges I face, projects I have, you know, unique things uh, yeah, that happen in my role. And that's where the Go community, you know, was birthed. So thank you for sitting with me. But one of the things I remember you sharing during that chat was that you have a notebook of podcast takeaways and you listen to more than just mine, but you know, you said you had some stuff about uh, the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast as well. And I said, wow. I mean, that just, that tickles <laughs> me, honestly, right? Like, cause you, you hear uh, through email or you see on social media, how you impact people. But I just thought that was so cool. So I knew at that moment, because I've, I've identified my ideal guest, that's a current mastermind member. So we could talk about how they've grown. It's a, a current podcast listener, a ruckus maker like you, who's taking action on ideas and how you've grown. And then, uh, you know, I also want to highlight uh, leaders of color and women in leadership and people who are doing really innovative things in education. So you got this notebook. You're taking down your takeaways, uh, you're acting on them, and I'll pass the mic to you. Tell us about this notebook and some of the things you've captured. Sure. Well, first of all, I appreciate those those uh, kind words and those sentiments. And the notebook has actually now grown to two notebooks. So that's, uh, <laughs> that shows you the, the amount of information that uh, I've tried to um, you know remember and really put into practice. But what I probably several years ago, I, you know, I was listening to some podcasts, just really starting to get into those. And I was reading some, you know, professional books. 
and, uh, you know, listening to some webinars and I was coming across all these great ideas. And it occurred to me that over time, no matter how powerful they were, I think I was forgetting the, the message. And so I had to think about how can I remember the key things that resonated with me so that moving forward, I can always refer back to them. And so I just started collecting a journal that basically is thoughts from the podcasts, sometimes different books as a way to remember the important messages that helps connect to my why. And over time, what I found is that it really has allowed me to become a lot more formalized in my core beliefs as a leader, which has helped me then really be more intentional with my work with my staff. And then hopefully the direct benefit are the students. And um, it's for about a year and a half now, I've been keeping these notebooks. Now it's two notebooks. I'm into the second one. And it's just a way to collect some key ideas that relate to basically three areas, culture, leadership, and then future-driven instruction. And those are the three areas I really try to focus on as a leader, as a way to help me grow. And just by recording in a journal, it helps me to really formalize those thoughts more and more as time goes on. Um, but it's been a, a great source of just inspiration, just jotting down from all the podcasts, the outstanding school leaders and educators out there around the, the world. And it's allowed me to, I think, be a lot more intentional with my work. The categories, how did you decide on those? You know, that's a great question. I, over time, um, the last few years, you know, there's so much now with the internet and social media and, you know, there's a lot more educators that are just like yourselves that are just uh, sharing their insights and experiences, which is so powerful. And that's how we learn is from others and by listening and engaging with other people. And I started to recognize like, wow, there's so many topics that I could really dive into. And do I want to go surface level with my learning or do I want to go deep? And I chose to really focus on several areas that I thought would allow me to become a, the best administrator, best educator I could be. And then I had to recognize what are those areas. And just through starting to journal, I really decided to focus on culture of the building. So building culture. And then I, you know, another one was as a leader or leadership that would allow me to really strengthen the impact I have on others. And then the third area was the instruction, because I really felt like that's another area that I can help students is by becoming an instructional leader for my staff. And so those three areas I just chose from some of the early journaling that I did in that notebook as a way to kind of formalize my thoughts. And those were some things that really I felt passionate about as a leader. I don't know if uh, you, first I'll just ask in, in the question, go nowhere. If you don't, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it around, is it around you where we're recording right now? And it's okay if it's not. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Both, both of my notebooks are right here beside me. Would you mind, uh, and if you're comfortable, would you open up and just like share what, you know, one of the, what it looks like, right? When you're capturing some of that stuff down. Yeah, sure. So I just opened it. Uh, what my, my first journal or notebook, I just opened it and it was a podcast. I just, the page it opened to was from a podcast and it has, it's, it's one page and the title of the podcast was Core Values of a Winning Team. And so from that podcast, I jotted down 10 different takeaways that I thought, wow, that's really powerful. And so from those core values of a winning team, from that podcast, then I had 10 takeaways that I felt really resonated for me as a school leader. Like, how can I help our school be a winning team? 
So that would include like how you need to have a strong commitment from everybody, how communication increases the effectiveness of the team and how the chemistry of the team enhances the connections and how creativity enlarges the potential of the team. Those are just a few that I'm reading here from you with my journal. So basically each page or sometimes several pages, if it's more of a book or something, just is my own words from takeaways from a podcast or that learning uh, book or webinar. And I, over time, I go back through my journals and I use a highlighter to really, as I formalize my core beliefs and as they change over time, I go back through and I kind of highlight like, yes, that is still something I believe in even more. Um, So I continue to go back through them over time. Several times a year as I reflect to really pull out the most essential components of the different podcasts and different learning uh, artifacts. Love it. Thank you uh, so much for unpacking one of those and and bringing us to the actual page. And I think a a ruckus maker listening, you know, could take action and maybe create their own uh, notebook. And this is called a common book, right? And uh, I think Ben Franklin was famous for doing this and a number of other people throughout time. And an author that I really like and have stolen his process, Ryan Holiday, uh, famous for uh, Ego is the Enemy. He does this similarly with note cards. And on the note card in the top right, he'll put the topic, kind of like you have your three core topics you sort of write on. Then he'll capture that takeaway or that quote and then who to attribute it to. And that way he's really captured uh, a whole wealth of knowledge, which then informs his life, his leadership, and his writing. Um, so I think you're experiencing the, the same uh, power of taking the discipline of capturing those things because you're right. Over time, you're going to forget, you know? And so you need some sort of system to review the material so that it stays uh, fresh and it stays pertinent to your leadership that you face. So thank you again, Chris, for sharing that. Oh, not a problem. Glad to uh, learn with everybody and glad to share. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, one, we might have time for two more. Um, I know there's a few things you wanted to discuss, but uh, you talked about your core beliefs in Google Drive as well. And can you share the story there and maybe what those core beliefs are? Sure. So as I, you know, started journaling and then reflecting upon the journal, you know, as time went on, once again, as a leader, I, I felt it was so important that I had established my core beliefs. In other words, the, the goals or the beliefs that really drive me as an educator that allow me to make decisions consistently that match my core beliefs. Because if you don't have those foundational core beliefs, I think as an educator, as a leader, there's times you'll be making decisions then that maybe go away from what you believe or you're not as consistent with them. So if you operate by your core beliefs, you are consistently going to make decisions that come back to that. And it's going to allow you to really impact others the same way over time. And that allows your culture of the people you work with to impact them in a very consistent and positive way. So for me as a building principal, my three core beliefs are the importance of relationships being student-centered, and then modeling the way. Those are the three that I really currently believe that are the three most important for me as a school leader. And then the Google Drive, that is something where, you know, I'm starting to house a lot of my uh, professional and and, uh, positional type thoughts, uh, core beliefs, because through 
connecting with folks just even like with, like yourself, Danny, I've been sharing my Google Drive with others and I'm learning from them. They're learning from me and it's allowed us to share resources so much more effectively. And then we have, we use Google Hangouts as well to share ideas, um, you know, more quickly and more effectively. And it's allowed us, uh, I think, as school leaders to really help drive our innovative practices quickly as a way to impact our schools. So sharing things electronically now has allowed us to really impact each other and be more helpful in a supportive way uh, through the power of the PLN with educators across the globe. Awesome. All right. Well, Chris, uh, last couple of questions to finish up this really wonderful conversation. What message would you put on all school marquees across the globe if you could do so for just a day? Wow. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, I would say, you know, it, it's all about kids. And I think it's a message. It's all about kids is what I would encourage schools to put on their marquees because schools get busy, our lives get busy. But if we keep the focus on kids and it's all about kids, that allows us to really focus the priorities and our resources on what matters most, which are, which are the kids. So I would put something along the lines, it's all about kids. And that's really what I have to embody, I think, as a leader by modeling it with my staff, my interactions, my behaviors, is it's all about kids. That's what I would put on there. All right. And you know, uh, this question was coming. (laughs) You're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation, Chris, is your imagination. How would you build your dream school? What would be your top three priorities? Wow, that that's a, then that is a great uh, situation to have building your dream school and um, top three priorities. I think um, first of all, I would say that you know the the best schools are not because of the brick and mortar or the technology. So I would not focus on that as much. It's all about people. So my top three priorities would be is to find the best collection of talented, passionate educators. So that's priority number one. And then the second one is unite behind a common purpose or our why. And then three is get out of their way and let those people lead because we're better together than we are if one person is doing all the work. So I would get out of their way and let the people that I hired or, to, or bring on to that school really lead and work with kids. So those would be my three priorities. Chris, thanks so much for being a part of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. Of all the things we talked about today, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? I think it's the importance of we're better together. And the more that I and everybody can share ideas, listen and learn from others and gather those takeaways that resonate with you in your position or your role. And then just continually try to strive to get better. I think those are the things I would encourage all ruckus makers to remember. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag 
BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.